Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, February 1st, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio. Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And yep, you can put together a lineup for Super Bowl 52, which is this Sunday kickoff at 6.30. It's a contest called the NFL Single Game Showdown. You pick four offensive players and two defensive players under a $50,000 salary cap. So it's a little bit different than the standard classic tournaments that you usually sign up for on DraftKings. You know, on an NFL Sunday where you get 12 to 14 games, you take a quarterback, couple wide receivers, couple running backs, a tight end, and a defense. This is different. Four offensive players, two defensive players, and a $50,000 salary cap to work with. Sign up today and get involved for your share of $2.4 million in total prizes in the single-game showdown. Go to DraftKings.com right now or download the DraftKings app and get a free game with your first deposit when you use my promo code PICK. Again, that's P. I see today's show is also presented by the Dorchester Group. The Dorchester Group is a full-service real estate agency specializing in the sale of properties in the Boston area. What can they do for you? Well, the Dorchester Group assists individuals who currently own property, helping them come up with the best strategy to manage, improve, or dispose of it. They're here to help you maximize your return and protect you against developers who are looking to take advantage of your valuable property. So do yourself a favor and put somebody from the neighborhood in your corner. Call the Dorchester Group today at 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. Maximize your return today with the Dorchester Group. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, the 1st of February, as we get set for Super Bowl 52. It is right around the corner. I will close out the show with my pick for Super Bowl 52. I'll also give you my DraftKings. Gotta have them play for the big game. It's a long week, right? This feels like the longest week of the year every year. And in fact, it feels like it gets longer and longer every time the Patriots are in this thing. But I've grown tired of the press conferences. I've grown tired of the media sessions. There's just too much of it. I mean, there's too much of it. It begins Monday night. And I mean, the week before, we have a full week to talk about the game as well. So you get two weeks off here. And it's this week that I've just grown tired of. There's just too much, too much media stuff going on. Monday night is media night. You know, they used to do it in the day, in the middle of the week. Now they do it on Monday night. Opening NFL Super Bowl opening night, they call it. And then the same people will have a press conference on Tuesday. And they'll have one on Wednesday. And they'll have one today on Thursday, right? They might even have it again tomorrow on Friday. This It's just too long. It's too drawn out. And it seems like it gets longer and longer every single time the Patriots are involved. And the Patriots, as you know, are involved once again. They will take on the Philadelphia Eagles at Super Bowl 52 this Sunday. Kickoff at 6.30. The game can be seen on NBC. It is being played in Minnesota. It's freezing in Minnesota, but the good thing is everything that everybody is doing down there, including the game, will be indoors. So I don't know how bad I actually feel about people up in Minnesota 
who are complaining about how cold it is. I mean, you knew it was going to be cold, but you're inside the whole time, aren't you? I mean, come on. I mean, it's cold back here in New England, too. You know, and for people in Philadelphia, it's cold in Philadelphia, too. So get over it. I just need the game to happen. I just need Sunday to get here because, again, it's just it's just getting drawn out. It's just too long of a week at driving myself crazy. But I will close out the show with my pick for the big game. And, again, my DraftKings got to have him play. I should remind you right now before I forget, and I told you on Monday that here on this show we're running a little contest called the Pick 6, the Super Bowl Pick 6. Get it? Pick 6, my nickname, and you get it. Pick 6, all right? It's a prop bet contest. I picked six different prop bets, and I want you to try to beat me. I want you to try to beat me. And if you can beat me, if you can get more right than I get right, then I will send you a free Picard Club t-shirt. I've posted the picture of the t-shirt. I've had many people buy it on TeePublic, TeePublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. Uh, just search Danny Picard when you get there, and the link is on my Twitter account. I've tweeted it out many times, but you will get a free Picard Club t-shirt. I will send it to you personally if you can beat me. Not the same amount correct as me. You have to beat me. So, for example, if I go a perfect 6 for 6, nobody wins anything, okay? That means I win. You could try to beat me, though. I don't know that I'll go a perfect 6 for 6, but I gave them to you on Monday because there's so many different prop bets for this game. So I picked six different ones, and I tried to I I tried to get everything in. Like, I got you the national anthem. How long will it take Pink to sing the national anthem? Uh, the over under is two minutes. All right, the over under is two minutes. I gave it a coin toss. What will the result of the coin toss be? Heads or tails? I gave you which team will score first: the Patriots or the Eagles? Then I gave you some in-game stuff. Will Tom Brady throw an interception in this game? Yes or no? Another in-game prep bet. Who will record more rushing yards? Jay Ajayi of the Philadelphia Eagles or Deion Lewis of the New England Patriots? And then one that's sort of, you know, a little wacky. You got to get a wacky one in. And that's how many times will Giselle be shown on TV during the broadcast of the game? I think the phrase during the broadcast of the game is important. Um, so how many times will Giselle be shown on TV during the broadcast of the game? And the over-under is one and a half. So there you go. Those are the six. And I want you to tweet me your responses. You got to tweet them to me by Sunday. What do we say? Sunday at three o'clock. So tweet me by Sunday at three. My Twitter account is at Danny Picard, twitter.com slash Danny Picard. For those of you who don't know how to use Twitter or the internet, and actually, I've, I've been on Twitter this morning tweeting some stuff out about a story that I'll get to in a minute. And what I've encountered is there are some people that still don't know how to use... They don't know how to use the internet or Twitter still. There's some people out there still like that. But tweet me by Sunday at 3. The answers, or your answer to these six prop bets. How long will it take Pink to sing the national anthem? Over under is two minutes. What will the result of the coin toss be? Heads or tails? Which team will score first, the Patriots or the Eagles? Will Tom Brady throw an interception, yes or no? Who will record more rushing yards, Jay Ajayi or Deion Lewis? And how many times will Giselle be shown on TV during the broadcast of the game over under one and a half? So get that to me. It's a contest we're calling pick six for Super Bowl 52. Again, tweet me by Sunday at 
3 o'clock. And one other thing you should also be doing between now and Super Bowl Sunday is you should also be downloading the new Sports Me app. I've been telling you about this app for a couple weeks now. It's called Sports Me, not you, me. Sports Me. It's a new app for sports fans made by sports fans, and you're going to love it because everybody's got a hot take these days, and certainly everybody's got a hot take leading into the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win, the Patriots or the Eagles, and why do you think that? Well, on the Sports Me app, all you got to do is record a 30-second video with your hot take. Record the video on your phone, and you create battles with others by responding to their takes, or they can respond to yours and the purpose of it all is to win your battle. People can go on there and give points for whoever has the best takes. And again, everybody's got a take right now. So you should be going on, downloading the Sports Me app and giving your take. Start talking smack right now and download the Sports Me app. That's Sports Me in the App Store right now. If you're looking for a link, I've tweeted it out. I've put it on my Facebook page and I have a link on my website, DannyPicard.com. Again, start talking smack right now and download the Sports Me app. So with that said, let's get to that story that I I told you was actually firing me up today uh, where I'm talking to people on Twitter this morning and having a link that I I have to link it a hundred times because nobody, nobody wants to... Nobody wants to promote this story. Nobody wants to talk about this story. They want to ignore this story. And I shouldn't really be surprised because usually when I'm the one that has a story that that is somewhat newsworthy, usually everybody else ignores it and you know, everybody in the media ignores it. I mean, I, I shouldn't be surprised that this is actually being ignored. And, and I get it. It doesn't have anything to do with any... Buddy on the Patriots or anybody on the Eagles. It has to do with the fan bases. And it has to do with people who are getting screwed out of Super Bowl tickets. And I broke the story yesterday on Wednesday. I started tweeting about it at about, what, 3 o'clock Eastern time. And then I put a story on my website, dannypicard.com, at about, I don't know, 4, 4.30 around then. Not too long after I started tweeting about it. And then, you know, it started to pick up steam because people who were getting screwed out of Super Bowl tickets, and that's what the story's about. Here's the, here's the headline that I had for the story. Patriots fans get screwed out of Super Bowl tickets. And I'm sure some Eagles fans did as well, uh, but maybe not. I can only speak for some Patriots fans. And what I've been told is that approximately 150 Patriots fans were told early Wednesday morning, late Tuesday night, in an email sent at about 12.30 a.m., again, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, they were told they weren't going to get the Super Bowl tickets that they were guaranteed, that they ultimately paid for. And uh, I'll just, here's, here's, here's what the story, here's the story that I broke for you. A company called Ticket Score, that's ticketscore.com, that was their website, which, by the way, no longer exists, it doesn't exist. Right? You can't find them on Twitter. You can't find them online. It, they don't exist. Ticket score does not exist anymore. They took the website down yesterday on Wednesday at about 5 o'clock. After this started picking up steam when I tweeted about it, when I posted a story on my website about it, you know, as everybody else ignores it, right? Um, still, you know, the media outlets can ignore it, but the people who have tweeted about it picked up some steam and they took the website down. No more website. Well, a company called Ticket Score that used to exist, they ran a 
buy-in system for all the major sports. What you do is you go on there, you pick a team, and you buy in at a weekly price. So you basically pay a fixed weekly rate throughout the entire regular season of that sport, and then if that team that you pick makes the finals or the championship, and in this case it's the Super Bowl, if your team that you've been paying a weekly price for throughout the regular season, if that team makes their championship, you're guaranteed a ticket to the game, right? So if it's a seven-game series in the NBA or the NHL or, or the World Series, you get either game one or game two of uh, of that home, whatever home first home game they have, you get a ticket to that game. And in the, the Super Bowl, you get a Super Bowl ticket. You're guaranteed a Super Bowl ticket. And it's not like you get the ticket for free. Again, you pay for it on a weekly basis. Now, there's three different tiers of tickets. Your price can be different based on when you buy in. So it's different based on the tier of ticket that you want. You know, if you want a a seat in the lower bowl or a club seat, that's the most expensive. If you want a, a balcony, you want the nosebleeds, you know, it, it's going to be a cheaper buy-in price for you. But again, the prices can also be different based on when you buy in. So, for example... I know somebody, somebody that I talked to, bought in in March. $65 a week it was going to be, beginning week one and running through week 17 of the regular season in the NFL. He wanted the Patriots. And the buy-in rate at that point in the month of March of 2017 was 65 bucks. Now, so he did it. He's been paying $65 from week one through week 17. And at that point... He paid about 1100 bucks. what, $1,105? And at that point, after week 17, you know, he had paid his 1100 bucks. If the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, he's guaranteed a ticket. So essentially, he's paid, and he doesn't get his money back, but it's no, at no additional cost. So essentially, the, the deal is, if the Patriots make the Super Bowl, because he paid on a weekly basis at the rate he signed up for in March, he gets a Super Bowl ticket, for 1100 bucks, He's paid 1100 bucks for a Super Bowl ticket that is guaranteed to him. That's the way this thing works. Now, again, you know, the price that you pay on a weekly basis can change, you know, because throughout the season, the teams that are sort of favored to go to the Super Bowl, well, they jack up the prices. And, and at some point, they take the team off the board. So the Patriots were taken off the board. You couldn't bet on the Patriots anymore, well, I think, midway through the season. So by week seven, week eight, the final price for the Patriots on a weekly basis was 250 bucks. So there are people out there that from the middle of the season through week 17, for the second half of the season, were paying $250 a week. And it wasn't just Patriots. I mean, you look, the Eagles were expensive, around 200 Minnesota Vikings were around 200 That was the final price for them. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, I think, were like 150 I mean... They were teams that were expensive. And so everybody was paying a different price. At the, Everybody had a different weekly rate. But that whatever you bought in for at that time, that rate never changed for you. But for the example that I gave you, I know somebody that I talked to that bought in at 65 a week. They paid 65 a week throughout the whole season. And they paid 1100 bucks, thinking they were going to get a Super Bowl ticket for 1100 bucks. All right? Now, I've been told that 150 people approximately bought in for the Patriots. Yet, 
they received an email late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning that said they aren't going to get their Super Bowl tickets. And the email said, and I posted the email on my website in the story, word for word, the email said the company is shutting down. Shutting down because of the market rate of the tickets. You know, it was a record high for the tick for Super Bowl tickets this year. Was it a record high? I mean, I'm looking at prices. They're expensive. You, know, you could get a ticket for $4,000, but, but is that a record high? It doesn't look like a record high to me. The email says that this kid who ran ticket score, you know, he quit his job. He had to dip into his retirement account in order to pay everybody back. So here's what he did. He said he couldn't get tickets for anybody, but he paid people out. He gave people not just their money back, but he gave them a little extra. So, for instance, the person that I talked to, one of the people that I've talked to, I talked to multiple people, okay? I talked to 10 people about this that got screwed out of Super Bowl tickets who received Super Bowl tickets from this very company, Ticket Score, in the past, picking the Patriots multiple times. They've used Ticket Score, and they've received their Super Bowl tickets. So, it was a business that worked. And for whatever reason, it didn't work this time around. But for the, for the one example... 65 a week for the whole season. He had the highest tier. He had the club seats or the lower level, lower bowl. And that's what he expected to get. For that tier, this email that was sent out late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, it said that they would receive a total of $3,000. $3,000. Which means that you factor in the 1100 that he paid, and we'll, you know, 90, and not, an extra 1900 bucks, right? An extra 1900 bucks he was going to get. And I'm sure other people were receiving, you know, they received their money too. So 150 Patriots fans who were paying money for a Super Bowl ticket, they thought they were getting the guaranteed Super Bowl ticket. They were told Wednesday morning in an email at 1230 in the morning, to we'll call Tuesday night, they were told that they weren't going to get their Super Bowl ticket. They weren't getting it. And it has people up in arms. And I don't blame them. People are upset. And the reason I'm pointing this out, and the reason I wrote a story on it, and the reason I've been tweeting about it and talking about it now on this show, is because all of these people, or most of them, I should say, they already booked their hotels and their flights. They're going to Minnesota. But they're going to Minnesota because they thought they were going to go pick up a ticket. I'm I'm talking about this because I don't believe anything that this person from Ticket Score and the email sent to these 150 Patriots fans. I don't believe anything that he said. I don't believe he quit his job. I think this probably was his job. I, I you know he says he's shutting down the the business. All right, he shut down the business. But when did he decide he wanted to shut down this business? When did he decide? He just decided a couple days ago. He just decided on Tuesday. If you believe that, you believe that this person who runs Ticket Score just found out on Tuesday that he couldn't get enough Super Bowl tickets or he couldn't afford enough Super Bowl tickets. Bullshit. I'm calling this story out because I think this is a scumbag move and I don't believe anything in that email. I don't. Do I believe that maybe if there's one thing I believe in this story is I actually do believe that whoever's running Ticket Score probably couldn't afford to get the 150-plus Super Bowl tickets. Probably couldn't afford that, right? Couldn't. Because I think the Patriots have probably been killing this guy. 
And you got more and more Patriots fans each and every year buying in to get Super Bowl tickets. And it, because the Patriots going to the Super Bowl is so expected in these pots that people continue to do it and they continue to win. So how's this guy really making money? He's losing all his money off Patriots fans who are confident in the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl, right? So now that he's got, you know, the highest he's probably ever seen win, 150 Patriots fans, you know, get this. Sure, they've been giving him money. But he's got to buy, he's now got to buy all these Super Bowl tickets. What, he just found out on Tuesday of this week that he can't, that he can't afford all the tickets? That's bullshit. You know why? Because he's taken the Patriots off the board for a couple months now. And, and so for a couple months, he's known that there have been 150 people that if the Patriots go to Super Bowl, he's going to have to buy that many Super Bowl tickets to fulfill his guarantee and fulfill, you know, the guarantee of his business. He's known this for a couple months now. So, I'm calling bullshit on that. At the end of the day, could he afford all those tickets? Probably not. But he's known about it for a while. And when he knows about this, keep in mind that as of last week, the person who ran ticket score emailed the 150 Patriots fans who were guaranteed Super Bowl tickets, he emailed them telling them where to pick the tickets up in Minnesota. So, knowing that he can't afford it a week ago, he still sends this email out. And so all these people, 150 of them, have flights, they have hotels, and as of last week, they're being told, all right, here's where you're going to pick up the ticket in person, here's when you're going to pick it up, see you in Minnesota. See you in Minnesota. And then he sends an email this week, the week of the game, a couple days before the game, saying, no, you know what, I can't get you the ticket, sorry, oh yeah, I quit my job, oh, I had to dip into my retirement account. Oh, I'm so sorry, I, I, I can't believe this is happening, I'm shutting down the business. Honestly, when do you think this guy decided he was going to shut down the business? When do you think? I just think this is a scumbag move. I do. I think it's a scumbag move because I, you know, they're going to say, well, we gave the people compensation. You know, we gave everybody 2,500 bucks to 3,000 to 3,000 bucks on, you know, which obviously included the, the money that they gave us, but we gave them more money in return. They gave them more money because they wanted everybody to shut up about it. They didn't want anyone to put up a stink. So, like, they wanted my buddy who's been paying 65 a week, who ultimately paid 1100 bucks for a Super Bowl ticket. They didn't give him the ticket, but they gave him, you know, an extra 1900 bucks. So, they basically said, no ticket, but we'll reward you 1900 bucks. They wanted him to be happy with that and, and still say, well, you know what? I'm going to Minnesota anyways. I'll take this money and I'll put it towards buying a ticket. Well, first of all, the money that they compensated everybody isn't enough on top of the money that they paid, it still isn't enough to buy a Super Bowl ticket because this late, they're even they're going up. It's like $4,000 now to get a ticket. So, I mean, and at the very most, he was giving people $3,000 in return. He was compensating these people so they would shut the fuck up. But they didn't because they put up a stink because what this scumbag doesn't understand is that it's not about the money. It's about a Super Bowl ticket. That's why they got involved in this. And my theory is that this kid is out in Minnesota right now with 100 Super Bowl tickets. Sure, it's not 150 because he couldn't get that many. He probably couldn't afford that many. But he's got 100 Super Bowl tickets, and he's probably selling them and just just killing it, making a killing in Minnesota right now and making more money, much more money than he ended up paying everybody else. He's making all his money back that he lost by paying everybody this money, and He's also making much more on top of that. That's my theory, and I think he's known he wanted to close his business for a long time, but here's the biggest part of it all. Here's the biggest part. If the Patriots lost the AFC Championship, 
You think they would have closed ticket score? You think they would have sent emails to everybody sending them money? You think that would have happened? You think people would have got their money back because he's closing a company? Fuck that. There's no way that was going to happen. Whoever's running this site is a scumbag that knew he was going to cash out and he used this as an opportunity when the Patriots ended up winning. But throughout the season, when he knew there were 150 Patriots fans that bought in, when he knew he wasn't going to be able to afford those Super Bowl tickets for all 150, he rolled the dice and he said, eh, maybe they don't make it. And maybe, best case scenario, they lose in the AFC Championship, right? And, and, and hey, I walk away with all their money and I keep this business going, even though I don't really want to do it, you know, I, I it's, it's kind of a... It just seems like kind of a a shitty idea, to be honest with you. It's great for people who are actually getting their tickets, but at some point, when you do have an organization like the Patriots that keep getting back to the Super Bowl, and you get so many people in this town that are confident in them, I mean, at some point, it it becomes a bad business to keep running this business, right? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the Patriots' success— to, to go along with the confidence that everybody in New England had in the Patriots, there's no doubt in my mind that that is really the thing that killed this guy's business, not this year, but for the last couple of years. And because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if the kid who runs this site, Ticket Score, if he decided maybe at the beginning of the season that this was going to be the last year he ran it and he was going to see just maybe how the NFL season played out. And, and if he could get some people to to go all in on a certain team, he would just roll the dice and hope that that team ended up losing in the playoffs and getting upset in the playoffs, and he would take his money, and maybe he would just keep the site up until he got fucked the one final time. And, and I think that his plan probably was, well, when I do get to that point that I'll get fucked, here's what I'll do. I'll get as many Super Bowl tickets as I can, and... Uh, you know, I'll just tell them that I that I couldn't get any Super Bowl tickets because I didn't have the money to do it because too many people bought in and, and ticket prices were at a record rate. And then I'll just give them some money, get them to shut up, and I'll have all these Super Bowl tickets and I'll just not only make my money back, but I'll, but I'll make even more. And I'll just close that business because I don't really want to run it anyways because I'm, it's not really working out for me because of the Patriots. I, I, I mean, is that a crazy theory? Here's the deal. I know somebody that talked to this kid over the phone not too long ago, a couple days ago, when they sent this email out, and the kid said he didn't get any Super Bowl tickets. That's a lie. You mean to tell me this kid couldn't get one Super Bowl ticket? Not one? He didn't get any? That's that. That's a lie. That's a blatant, blatant, blatant lie. And I guarantee you this kid has plenty of tickets. He just doesn't have 150 of them. And my theory, the only way this thing makes sense, the only way this thing makes sense is my theory that he knew a long time ago, a couple months ago, that he wasn't going to be able to get 150 Super Bowl tickets. And so that this was going to be the year he was going to end it. He knew that. But instead of telling people that two months ago and, you know, giving people, just giving people's money back and not even having to give compensation, instead of doing that, before he even knew the Patriots were going to play in the Super Bowl, which obviously people would have put up much less of a stink. Instead of doing that, though, he continued to collect everybody's money week in and week out. Why did he do that? Because he rolled the dice and he hoped that the Patriots lost. And if the Patriots lost, he wouldn't have shut down his site. He wouldn't have. But when the Patriots win, he had a backup plan. And 
His backup plan was he was going to buy everybody out and then sell the tickets that he has. So he's probably known about this plan for a while. And he's continued to collect everybody's money anyways, which is the ultimate scumbag move. And when I do the math, based on the money he gave back, see, I think that the money he gave back, it's like, how do you come up with that number? How do you come up with, you're going to give everybody in tier one, 2,500 bucks. You're going to give everybody from tier two, 2,750. You're going to give everybody from tier three, 3,000. How do you come up with that number? To me, I think that he basically just took all the money he that he made from the NFL season, which by the way, he makes money from more than just the page, more than just people who, you know, Patriots fans. He makes money from everybody every, who put money on any team. And there were teams that were expensive. So, I mean, you mean to tell me Steelers fans weren't doing this? How about Vikings fans? They weren't doing it with the game in their own building? Eagles fans? Saints fans? Um, I mean, you name it. Other people were giving money. I think that he just took all the money he made from the NFL season and said, here's what I have. Here's how I'll split it up. And uh, I'll basically, you know, it'll be a wash. And yeah, I got, I got 75 to 100 Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, I'll close the company. I'll, I'll pay everybody their money back. We'll call it even on the NFL season. Close this site down, which I've wanted to do for a couple of years now anyways, because it's not really working out for me. And, uh... I'll take these 100 Super Bowl tickets and I'll sell them in Minnesota. That's probably what he's doing. And I mean, when you do the math, let's say 150 people got an extra, what are we calling it? Uh, So if you did tier three, and I'll use that one person I had for an example, the 65 a week, which he he paid 1,100 over a full NFL season. And he got 3,000 total back, which means he made 19. Let's call it 2,000. Let's say 150 people. Got two thousand, got two thousand, right? Obviously three thousand, but I mean, I'm taking out the money that they already gave, and I'm talking about the extra compensation. Let's say 150 people got two thousand dollars worth of extra compensation. Um, that's three hundred thousand dollars. That's three hundred thousand in extra compensation that this guy dished out. Now, let's say, all right, he doesn't have 150 Super Bowl tickets. Let's say he has a hundred. Let's say he has 100 Super Bowl tickets, right? And let's say they're going at 4,000 a pop. So 100 100 Super Bowl tickets times 4,000 is 400,000. You're talking about this guy. He just made (laughs) $100,000, right? I mean, on that theory alone, now he might have 125 Super Bowl tickets. Let's say he's got 125. And he's selling them at 5000 I don't know. 625000 Minus the 300000 that he dished out. He just made 325000 And he closed his site. He doesn't, you don't need that website anymore if you can make 325000 in Minnesota on Super Bowl week selling tickets. You kidding me? I, you know, and, and, maybe, and those numbers might not be exact because, again, I don't know how many Super Bowl tickets he has, but I... I'm willing to bet he's got a good amount of them. He probably couldn't get enough. Like, he probably couldn't get enough tickets, 150, give th- in order for him to give them to 150 Patriots fans, and, and he probably wouldn't make any money. He wouldn't make any money doing that, okay? He wouldn't make any money doing that. And that's a bad bit. Bi- in his business, if you're in his business, that's bad business. Wouldn't make any money. 
If he has to go buy 150 suits, you know, it's one thing if, I think last year the number I was told was around 60. That's one thing. An extra 100 of those? How's this kid making money doing that? He's not. So you know what he does? He hopes that the Patriots lose, and if they don't lose, he has a backup plan. Close this site down, keep the Super Bowl tickets that he has, sell them in Minnesota, you know, give, give people a couple thousand bucks just to shut up, and you basically, you know, you're going to make that money back selling the tickets anyways, but you, and then some. You make an extra 100000 extra 200000 He could make, I think, maybe an extra 300000 if the if he's selling tickets at, at the prices that I see them online. Right? I mean, it really is insane. Um, but it's, I think it's possible. I think it's, to me, it's the only way that this would make sense, that this would happen. It's the only way. But what should what he should have done, if he wasn't a scumbag, he knew 150 people bought in a couple months ago. He should have said, guys, you know what? I looked in early to Super Bowl tickets like I do every year. And I just, there's too many people. We didn't, we didn't cut it off at a certain point, And that's our fault. We can't get that many tickets. I, I can't afford that many tickets. So stop paying. All right, week eight, stop paying me. You know, I'll give you your money back. And I'll either shut the site down or I'll restart it next year. And hopefully we get new tickets. He didn't do that. He knew this was going to be the case. He continued to collect everybody's money. And then when it came time for people to get their tickets, after they booked their flights and their hotels, the week of the game, he sends out an email at 1230 in the morning saying, well, sorry guys, couldn't get any tickets for you. (laughs) Couldn't get any tickets. This kid is making so much fucking money in Minnesota right now as I record this podcast selling Super Bowl tickets. It's it, it's not even funny. All right? It's not even funny. You don't need to. This, this website is a stupid idea. At some point, it's going to catch up to you. And when it catches up to you, you need a backup plan. You need a backup plan. And the backup plan that he had was the ultimate scumbag move. And I wrote a story about it. And um, again... No surprise that certain people are ignoring it. I mean, <laughs> there was someone from, there was a local news outlet, a lady from WBZ tweeting us, tweeting people last night. You know what she said? She, I guess they reached out to someone who they thought was involved. I have no idea. But she tweeted us, it's a sad story all around. He had to close his business, the poor guy. She literally said it's a sad story all around. <laughs> the 150 Patriots fans that are sitting there with no tickets and their hotels and flights and their trips to Minnesota booked. Who wants to go to Minnesota with no Super Bowl ticket? Anybody? Right now? What's it, minus five degrees Fahrenheit? Does anybody want to go to Minnesota without a Super Bowl ticket right now? In February. Anybody? No. Nobody wants to go to Minnesota right now. So, uh... It's not a sad story all around. It's a sad story for the people that are now looking for Super Bowl tickets and they're trying to find a way to get them at at a reasonable price. It's not a sad story all around because the scumbag that guaranteed them the tickets is out there making money off the tickets that should be theirs. You get what I'm saying? So, I mean, what planet are you on if you have sympathy for this person and for this company? Oh, the company had a closing. It's a, it's a sad story all around. What fucking planet are you on where you're believing this person? Like, please. Um, it's just, it's a joke. And, and you know, there should be other people picking it up, but they're, they're obviously not. Because, again, it's me putting it out there. 
right? Or they have me muted on Twitter, which is very possible because they mute me and they probably muted me a long time ago because I have to promote my show, right? I have to promote this show all the time because nobody else is going to do it for me. So I have to promote everything myself, okay? I produce, I host, I edit, I promote, I sell. Anything else that I do for this show that I have to do? Obviously, in a perfect world, I have other people out there promoting it for me. I don't. I mean, I can't necessarily blame them for not promoting me, but that those are the facts. It's funny because now, you know, the people who have probably muted me for promoting my podcast so much, they now have their own fucking podcast, and now they have, they're finding out that, well, you have to promote it on Twitter. And they probably haven't unmuted me. So fuck their podcast. That's what I say to that. And fuck the people ignoring it. it look, it happens. It's going to continue to happen. I don't expect anything different. It's just, you know, I think this is a pretty, I think this is a story. There's a lot of pissed off people. And if you want to find them, okay, all you got to do is go to Southie and Dorchester. Because a lot of the people that bought into this from Southie and Dorchester, and, and there were some people tweeting me last night going, oh, this is just, you know, this is basically, he's a legal scalper. You know, they shouldn't have got involved. He's basically dealing with a scalper. I said, no, it's not. Have you ever dealt with one, with a scalper? I have thousands of times, okay? I know scalpers personally. And you know what the difference is between them and this guy who ran ticket score? The scalpers actually will get you your ticket. They will take care of you with a ticket. You will have a great seat. They'll get you your ticket. That's the biggest thing. These people didn't want extra an extra 1900 bucks. Because the extra 1900 bucks didn't help them go get a ticket because they're too expensive now. This kid, for ticket score, didn't follow through. And he's known for a long time he wouldn't be able to follow through. And instead of owning up to it two months ago, he said, eh, there's still a way I'm going to make money off this. And I'll roll the dice. You know, hopefully Patriots lose. So I can keep all their money and still sell all these Super Bowl tickets that I have. But I'm not going to make any money if I give 100, if I have to buy 150 Super Bowl tickets. I'm not making any money. So if the Patriots win, I got to shut it down. And I'll be okay shutting it down because I'll give them a little extra cash. And then I'll make a couple hundred thousand dollars selling these tickets. And I'll get my money back that I paid them. And, and I'll make a lot more money on top of it. And I, I'll make so much more money, I don't even need that stupid website anymore. And everybody will go away and be quiet. Fuck that. Scumbag. Scumbag move. The ultimate scumbag move. That's what it is. And it's on my website. I tweeted it out. I just told you. And if you're looking for Super Bowl tickets, you're a Patriots fan, keep tweeting about it. Keep tweeting about it. You never know. Somebody might see this story and say, these people are going to Minnesota? You never You never, You never. never know. You never know who's going to step up in the clutch in these moments. You don't, I'm telling you, you don't. When it comes to tickets, you have no idea. Who you could run into, who could see your story, who could see that you're in Minnesota. You got no clue, but get your voice out there. Because there's somebody in Minnesota, you bought a hotel, you bought a flight, you have a trip. The person that's supposed to get you your Super Bowl ticket is in Minnesota right now, fucking you over. Making hundreds of thousands of dollars on your Super Bowl ticket, and now you don't have one. And he's giving you money to go buy one. Fuck that. Scumbag move. And I needed it to get out there. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, I know you're all waiting for my Super Bowl pick. You know, the game can't come soon enough. But real quick, 
Just, just a couple things I got to get to. Just a couple things. Hold on. Hold on. Some quick NBA news. That is probably going to take on a life of its own. According to ESPN's Chris Haynes, LeBron James would be willing to meet with the Golden State Warriors this offseason if the Warriors could somehow open cap space for another max contract. But I should say this in this story. LeBron also says he would meet with them out of respect, and there's a couple other teams that are named that he would meet with. So, again, it's LeBron, it's Golden State, it's, you know, legacy discussions. Uh, They're popular on all these shows. So when you talk about someone's legacy like that, like LeBron, a story like this is going to take on a life of its own. He is not going to the Golden State Warriors. LeBron is is also, I mean, I'm sure he'd have a conversation. I mean, you have a conversation with everybody, right? I mean, someone's going to give you a max contract. You think you get a chance to win, he's going to have the conversation. But LeBron's also the biggest troll out there. He does things, says things, tweets things, Instagrams things, and gets a good old chuckle about it afterwards. He does. I'm, I'm convinced. And people fall for it every single time. And I look at those people and I think, you can't be that stupid that you would fall for this. You can't actually think. Like, you cannot be sitting there today trying to tell me, Danny, LeBron's going to the Golden State Warriors. Come on. You can't be that stupid. Now, if you told me that LeBron James is going to go to the Clippers, I'll say you're right on the money because I've been telling you for a long time now that LeBron's going to go to the Clippers. And a sign that that could be happening is that the Clippers just traded Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons the other day. You've heard about this trade by now. You don't need me to dig into it too much. But I think it's a telling trade of where the Clippers are going. A lot of people are saying, oh, they're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild through the draft. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Here's how they're going to do it. They're going to sign LeBron James in the offseason. All the stories about LeBron wanting to go to Los Angeles. Let's be honest. What if he goes to the Lakers and he doesn't win a championship? What does that make LeBron? Like, you got Magic Johnson. You got Kobe. You got Shaq. LeBron goes to the Lakers. What if he doesn't win a championship? There's no guarantees he wins a championship with the Lakers. That would be terrible for his legacy. That might be the worst thing that would ever happen to his legacy. That would be worse than going to Golden State. Because at least at Golden State, he'd win. Would he win in L.A. with the Lakers? No guarantee of that. And the guys before him, the legends before him that wore that Lakers uniform, they won. Okay? They didn't just win one, and they didn't just win two. Right? So, that's a bad move to go to the Lakers, and I think LeBron knows it. But if he wants to go to L.A., and he cares about his legacy, which he does... What's a better legacy, we'll call it, I don't know, a legacy builder? What, what, is, what is something that could go on his resume that would be so glorious and just shine off of that thing where everybody would say, wow, he's the greatest of all time? Because that's what he's going for. Like, what can LeBron do to be the greatest of all time? He can keep getting to the finals, but he's got to win a couple more championships All right, he already won a championship with Cleveland. I think that says something. But imagine if he could win a championship with Cleveland and then win one with the Clippers? I mean, you're telling me that that LeBron... Like, who else could do that? Nobody else did that. Nobody else could do that. I think he knows that. I think he's going to Clippers. And and I think the Blake Griffin trade is going to sort of pave the way for that. 
But LeBron, I think this is going to be his last year in Cleveland. Now, I don't know what Cleveland's going to do with the deadline. Kevin Love breaks his hand. The NBA trade deadline, believe it or not, is next Thursday, February 8th at 3 o'clock. A week from today, as I record this. On Thursday, February 1st, the NBA trade deadline is a week from today, next Thursday, February 8th at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And I don't know what the Cavaliers are going to do, but if we're talking about current trades right now and looking ahead to the offseason and what current trades right now mean for the offseason, LeBron James, looking at the Blake Griffin trade, that might be a precursor to what we're about to see in the offseason, which I think is going to be LeBron to the Clippers. LeBron to the Clippers. But we'll see. Trade deadlines next week. I'll try to get some NBA guests in here and talk about it. But um, I'll move on from basketball and get back to the NFL. I just, I needed to talk about it because it's a big story. And, you know, it's, is it stealing the headlines from the Super Bowl? Maybe, because there's just so many, there's only so many things that we can do with the Super Bowl. That's another reason why I was talking about that ticket story. Like, everything just gets blown out of proportion, right? Because it's the biggest game. There's only two teams involved. The spotlight's only on two teams, And so every little story takes on a life of its own up in Minnesota at the Super Bowl. And there's just a lot of storylines that don't even, like, to me, don't even move the needle. Like, they do nothing for me. And so that's why it's it's a long two weeks. This week is the longest week of the year, in my opinion, especially with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And Sunday can't get here soon enough. And with NBA news like this, with LeBron James and a a blockbuster trade and the trade deadline next week, NBA is going to steal some headlines. And I, I think that it deserves to be talked about. Even on a show like this today, where I'm about to give you my pick for Super Bowl 52. There was actually some NFL news, though, right? I, I say the spotlight is only on two teams, but in the last couple days, there's been some NFL news with regards to a trade in the NFL, and that's Washington Trades for Alex Smith. Alex Smith traded from Kansas City to Washington, which means Kirk Cousins will be a free agent. Cousins is going to go somewhere. I don't know where. Does he go to the Jets? Does he go to the Broncos? Does he go to a team that we're not thinking about? Uh, Somebody even teased maybe he goes to Minnesota to replace Case Keenum. I don't know. Where does Cousins go? Well, Washington traded for Alex Smith, which is going to end Kirk Cousins' career in Washington. They also, But Washington also signed Alex Smith to an extension. Now, people are up in arms about this. They're like, oh, why would they do such a thing? Look, it's an NFL contract. You, I mean, you cut ties with these guys whenever you want, right? If there's a young kid that you know or you have and you think you want to move on from Alex Smith, Washington can do that, and it won't be that big of a deal. It won't. It won't be that big of a deal. And I say that because Alex Smith is not Tom Brady. He's not. He's not even close. Now, I actually like Alex Smith more than a lot of people around football seem to like him. Um, but, like, I think Alex Smith is just, I think he, he's a much better throwing quarterback than people want to give him credit for. I really do. But um, he's not Tom Brady. So, at any point, Washington wants to move on from him. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Even with the extension and the guarantee money, it's not. It's just not. So, uh, they get Alex Smith. And Kirk Cousins, we'll see what happens with him. But it's not the offseason yet because we have one more game to play. Super Bowl 52. And when I look at this game, 
I'm looking at the Patriots' offensive line. I wrote this in a column for the Boston Metro this week. Uh, This was the topic of my column. I have a weekly column in the Boston Metro. Make sure you check it out in print, also on their website, metro.us. But what I wrote in my column this week is that the biggest difference maker to me is going to be what's happening up front protecting Tom Brady. You know, is Brady getting the proper time, the proper amount of time in the pocket to make all the big plays? Or are guys like Chris Long in his mug all night? You know, if the Eagles are getting to Tom Brady, and I get it, this sounds like such a football 101 generic analysis of an NFL game. Because, let's face it, you could you could say this about most teams in every game. Maybe every team for any quarterback, for any offensive line, in any game that's ever been played in the history of football at any level, you could say it's all about the protection up front. It's all about what your offensive line is going to do when it comes to what you're going to do offensively. But for the New England Patriots, I think specifically in this game, when we talk about the matchup Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, we Regardless of what Nick Foles looked like against the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship, Nick Foles has never been in this situation. Nick Foles is still a backup quarterback. If Carson Wentz never got hurt, nobody in their right mind around the NFL would even consider making Nick Foles their starting quarterback next year. They wouldn't. Nick Foles is a backup quarterback, but he got an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think that... What helped him out is that both of their playoff games leading up to the Super Bowl were in Philadelphia. They were the one seed, but they also used that underdog role and they ran with it. And they should. Good for them. I'd be running with it too. How many times did the Patriots run with the underdog role? You know, it's tough for the Patriots to run with an underdog mentality right now. It's it's tough for them to do that. I do think internally they try to find a way, and that's why they try to muster up bullets and board material whenever they can, right? Um, but it's tough for the Patriots to do. It's not tough for the Eagles to do. I think Nick Foles has benefited from that. There's no question Nick Foles had a big boy game in the NFC Championship. He threw for 350 yards. He threw three touchdowns, no interceptions. He made all the big plays in the big spots with his arm. There's no question in that. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. But he's still a backup quarterback. That's a fact as well. Who's in a starting role only because... The Eagles starter, Carson Wentz, got hurt and suffered a season-ending knee injury. I can't ignore that. So when it comes to the Super Bowl, a game of this magnitude with the spotlight on him like this, I have to look at him and go, he's a backup quarterback. Now, I can do it. The Patriots shouldn't do it. But I can do it. I'm able to do it. And when I analyze it like that, Nick Foles is going to have to keep up with Tom Brady in this game. I I think that's how you have to look at it. He's going to have to keep up with Tom Brady. And maybe more specifically, the question should be, how can Nick Foles keep up with Tom Brady in the second half? Because the Patriots, they've historically been a slow start in offensive team in the first quarter, first half of Super Bowl games, right? But the Patriots, I think, better than anybody else, make halftime adjustments on the defensive end, which end up giving their offense the opportunities to be successful late in games, right? And I think that when we look at Nick Foles and what he could look like in the Super Bowl, 
I think we need to take into account the defensive changes and the defensive adjustments that Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia are going to make. You saw them make it in the AFC Championship against the Jaguars. I mean, that's just one example of many examples. But the example in that defensive game against the Jaguars was that the Patriots came out in the second half and all of a sudden they looked like a creative defense. They were creative with their blitzing schemes. You know, they had Malcolm Butler coming in on a corner blitz. They had Patrick Chung coming in on a safety blitz. Uh, They disguised blitzes. They had guys look like they were blitzing, dropping back into coverage. They got creative. And it worked in the second half because they weren't showing that at all in the first half. It's the adjustments that I expect Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia to make defensively that once again make me look at the other team's quarterback and say, well, how is this guy going to adjust to that? And is he able to? I don't think Nick Foles is going to be able to adjust to that because I have to look at those things and say he's a, he's a backup quarterback. He is. And, and I think he's going to be exposed as such, especially in the second half of a Super Bowl against Belichick and Patricia. He is. He is. And when it comes to Tom Brady, knowing that that's going to happen with the defense and against Nick Foles in the second half, when it comes to Tom Brady, the question is, How are you going to protect him? Are you going to protect him? I mean, you talk about historically. Historically, when the Patriots don't protect Tom Brady's kitchen, well, I think we look at the Giants. I think we look at Tom Coughlin. You know, people talk about the blueprint. And what's the blueprint to beating the Patriots? Well, it's getting to Tom Brady. And when you get to Tom Brady, there are times where he does see ghosts. There's no question about it. But you got to get to him. And, and the thing I keep pointing out when people point out that blueprint is that, well, more often than not, the Patriots have a response to that blueprint. And what's that response? It's protecting Tom Brady. It's giving him the proper amount of time to make all the big plays. And if you're giving Tom Brady the time in the pocket, what we know historically is that he's going to make the play and he's going to have success. And I just expect the Patriots offensive line to get the job done. I think it's going to come down to that. Right? I think that's it's it seems like simple analysis, but when you go back and look at the Eagles pass rush, and you can go back and look, so I mentioned what Nick Foles did in that NFC championship, the three hundred and fifty yards passing, the three touchdowns. I mentioned those things, but um what happened before Nick Foles threw those three touchdowns and threw three hundred and fifty yards passing in that game in the NFC championship against Minnesota? The Vikings opened that game in Philly. Getting the ball first with like a, what, a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Resulted in a 25-yard touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph, right? That was just, that drive was just, that scoring drive was way too easy. And the Vikings jumped out to a 7 nothing lead early. Eagles get the ball. I think they got a first down in their first play. And then three plays and they had a punt. And the Vikings get the ball back, up 7 nothing, And you're watching that game going, seeing how easy they scored. I said to myself, no, there's no way Philly's winning this game. Now, going into that game, I picked the Eagles to win. But at that point, when the Vikings were up 7 nothing, the way they made that look easy, the way then on defense they, they stopped the Eagles in the first drive, the way they did, I'm, I'm going, this game's over. And the Vikings might roll. You know what happened? As the Vikings got the ball back after Philly punted, you had a third and eight late in the first quarter. Third and eight, Eagles rushing four. They weren't disguising it. 
They showed who they were rushing for, and four came in on the rush. Keenum drops back to pass, goes to pass to his right. Chris Long just toasts the right tackle, toasts him. Just gets a hand on Case Keenum's throwing arm as he's throwing the football to the right side. It ends up being a duck. It's underthrown. It's intercepted, and he takes it to the house. It's a pick six. And that all happened because of Chris Long. It was a pass rush, and it wasn't anything crazy. Again, they sent four, they showed four, and they all went in. You know, there wasn't an extra guy looking like he was coming in, dropping into coverage. No, no, no. This was simple. Four guys on a rush. Four guys come in. Chris Long beats his guy. The Vikings couldn't protect Case Keenum's kitchen. He gets a hand in there. It's an underthrown ball. It's a pick six, and it changed the game. 7-7. That was it. Vikings punt. Nick Foles. All of a sudden, they got confidence. They're in their own building. You know, place is rocking. It changed the game. If if you can make the argument that if Chris Long doesn't get his hand in there and force that underthrown ball, which forces the interception, if they don't get that interception, I think you can make the argument that if Chris Long doesn't get in on that pass rush, you can make the argument that this game on Sunday would be the Patriots and the Vikings. I think you can make that argument because I think that one play changed the game and was... I mean, it's funny how much one play can change a game, right? And I think that's a perfect example of it. So I think you can make the argument if, that if Long doesn't get in there, then the Vikings win that game. They might complete that pass, get a first down. He was throwing the ball to Thielen at that point. You know, if he gets that off, it looks like he was open in zone coverage. And, you know, it, it looks like, Maybe Minnesota drives down and scores. And if Minnesota gets up 14-0 at that point, it might be over. You know, you you might not get any life on that Eagles sideline. You might not get Nick Foles thrown for 350 yards and three touchdowns, being the miracle boy. You might not get that. So it all can change up front. And if that right tackle for the Vikings doesn't get toasted, the Vikings might be playing in this game in their own building against the Patriots. They might be. So if you're the Patriots, the one thing I look at And when I look at both teams, I don't think Nick Foles can keep up with Tom Brady, but that's because I think Tom Brady's offensive line is going to be great or good enough to give Tom Brady enough time to get the job done. And if he has time in the pocket, what we know and what we've come to expect is that Brady will get the job done, especially in the second half. And so that's what, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. You can talk all you want about, You know, Gronk's concussion, he's going to play. The guy was playing fucking video games the other day, (laughs) right? He's playing video games. Last time I checked, when you have a concussion, you cannot play video games. Certainly not in front of everybody that's covering the Super Bowl. You know, it's one thing if he was doing it in his hotel room and nobody knew he was doing it. That's one thing. He's doing it. It was like a, it was a show, I think, on, on ESPN, an NFL network, wasn't it? So, he's, Gronk's going to be playing. Tom Brady's hand, are you worried about that? I mean, I was worried about it going into the AFC Championship, but the way he was throwing the ball in that game, I don't know how you could be worried about Tom Brady's hand. I'm not. How about Malcolm Butler? He suffered an illness, and he seems to be dealing with it okay right now, but uh, I don't know how serious that that flu was that that he was hit with. I assume he's going to be ready, though. And um, so from a Patriots perspective, I'm looking at this thing going... You know, they have all the tools to get this thing done on Sunday. They do. 
And I've actually told you since they advanced to this game that I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I told you before the playoffs began that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I told you before the season began that the Patriots are going to win back-to-back Super Bowls. And leading into this one, Sunday at 6.30 in Minnesota, Super Bowl 52 against the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't feel any differently. The Patriots are going to win this one. They will win the Super Bowl on Sunday. And um, the question now is, when it comes to my picks, do I think they're going to cover? I know, it's a big gambling weekend. It's a big gambling day. Are the Patriots going to cover? Well, before I tell you if they're going to cover or not, let me tell you about my DraftKings got to have them play for Super Bowl 52. And again, the single game showdown for offensive players two defensive players under a $50,000 salary cap. And if you sign up right now at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app, you can get a free game with your first deposit by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And every week I give you my DraftKings. Got to have them play. And for Super Bowl 52, I'm taking Dion Lewis because I'm talking about the Patriots offensive line. And with a solid offensive line, not only do you get a big game from Tom Brady, but you also get a solid run game. And Deion Lewis at $8,900, again, under a $50,000 salary cap, I will take him at $8,900. Deion Lewis averages 13.6 fantasy points per game. But look at this. In the last three games that he's played, including the playoffs here, Deion Lewis has averaged over seven receptions per game. He's made, he's getting seven catches per game. Not, not rushes, catches. Seven receptions per game in his last three games. That's what he's averaging. So uh, you look at that, the fact that he's going up against his old team in the Eagles, and he was asked about what he remembers most from his time in Philly earlier this week. And you know what he said? He said, I remember not playing. So there's some sour grapes there. There's some motivation. And I love a good motivational story or a player that's motivated to stick it to his old team. And I think this is a perfect one for Deion Lewis. He fumbled in the AFC Championship. Then he had a big run after to get a big first down late in that game. But I still feel like he wants more than just that one big run. I feel like Deion Lewis wants to have a big Super Bowl. And I know you could say, well, everybody wants to have a big Super Bowl. But again, there's a little bit more motivation for Lewis knowing that he's going up against his old team. So I think the Eagles are focused on Tom Brady. They're going to be focused on trying to get to Tom Brady and... You know, really just interrupt his rhythm uh, back there in that pocket. And that might open some more things up for Deion Lewis in this game. 8900 bucks. My DraftKings got to have him play for Super Bowl 52. And my final DraftKings got to have him play until next NFL season is Patriots running back Deion Lewis. And that brings me to my picks for Super Bowl 52, a segment we usually call Picks Picks, but... Since it's only one game, well, we'll call it Picks Pick. Kickoff Sunday at 6.30 in Minnesota. The game can be seen on NBC. My record on the season, 95 picks so far. So 95 picks on the season, on the football year so far, regular season and playoffs. My record right now is 47-43-5. and 47 wins, 43 losses, and 5 pushes I went 2-2 in the wild card round. 
I went one, two, and one in the divisional round, and I went one and one on conference championship weekend. So uh, I guess my you could say my record in the playoffs is four, five, and one. Okay, I get it. That's not great, but I'm looking to get one more win. Let's close it out with a win. All right, let's let's close it out with a W. Again, 47, 43, and 5 is my record. Let's get that win number 48. Hit the music. Picks Picks for Super Bowl 52 presented by Molinari's in Dorchester. Molinari's is exactly what y'all looking for in a family-owned Italian restaurant. Head in today on Adam Street in Dorchester. Grab a table, sit at the bar, or even order something to go from appetizers and salads to sandwiches and house-made pasta dishes to their delicious wood oven specialty pizzas. Molinari's has the best Italian menu in town. And look, if you're going to a Super Bowl party and you're trying to come up with ideas, you know, what are you going to get for food? You're going to get pizzas. You know, you're going to get sandwiches. You're going to get some pasta dishes. What are you going to get? Well, I'll make it easy for you. Call Molinari's right now. Go to their website. Check out their entire menu. Molinari'spizzeria.com. When you call them, when you stop in, make sure you tell them I sent you. But Molinari's, I'm telling you right now, this is the place you should be going if you're looking for food ideas for your Super Bowl party. It's on Adam Street in Dorchester. Go in, pick up some food right now. It's delicious. You will thank me afterwards. Molinari's Pizzeria in Dorchester. So uh, without further ado, my pick... For Super Bowl 52, I'm taking the New England Patriots. I told you to win, and yep, I will take them to cover. The Patriots minus four over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Pats are a four-point favorite. My final score for this game, Patriots 27, Eagles 21. I think it's a 27-21 win for the Patriots, and I think this is the way it goes down. I think it's back and forth the entire time. I think the Eagles will have a 21-20 lead, and I think late in the game, might not be in the last minute or last two minutes, might not be a two-minute drill situation, but I think we'll say in the last six or seven minutes of the fourth quarter, I think that Brady leads the Patriots down, and I think that they score the game-winning touchdown or what will be the eventual game-winning touchdown because then I think defensively they'll create a turnover. They'll get in Nick Foles' head, make those halftime adjustments. They'll really be able to confuse him in the second half and Brady will get that game-winning drive in the fourth quarter and the Patriots will win 27-21. to I told you about my keys to the game, the Patriots' offensive line and defensively the halftime adjustments that I do think will confuse Nick Foles' Foles, of course, playing in his first Super Bowl. You know, you look back at his career. A couple years ago, 2013, Nick Foles threw 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions when he was with the Eagles. Then he played for the Rams. Then he was a backup for the Chiefs. Now he finds himself back in Philadelphia. And again, he is a backup quarterback. He's only starting because Carson Wentz got hurt. So, Nick Foles doesn't really scare me. What does scare me, if I'm concerned about anything in this game, for the New England Patriots. I'm concerned about the Eagles playing with that underdog mentality. That always scares me, right? Because, let's be fair, it's always been something that I thought used to drive the New England Patriots that I actually would feel good about. You know, you like when your team takes that underdog role and you feel like they're not the underdog. Well, the Eagles don't feel like they're the underdog, yet they play the entire playoffs like that because they haven't had Carson Wentz. That scares me a little bit. But, um... When I break this thing down, it's just, it's time, you know, Nick Foles, if the Eagles want to win, Nick Foles is going to have to slay the beast. 
Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt. I'm expecting one of those two guys to fumble at least once in this game. I'm expecting a, a couple mistakes from Foles, a turnover or two from him. And, uh, you know, I'm, again, Patriots minus four. The people that won't take the Patriots minus four are the people that will point at the Patriots' distractions. They'll point at, you know, the Seth Wickersham article. They'll point at Belichick and what they think his relationship is with Brady or with Kraft. They'll look at his documentary, Tom vs. Time, and they'll try to tell us that that's a distraction for the New England Patriots. And I, I already told you on Monday, I don't think that documentary is a distraction at all to the Patriots. It's not. So uh, they're focused on the task at hand. Anybody who takes Philly will be taking them because they think the Patriots have fallen apart from within. And I've told you many times, I don't think that's the case. I think the Patriots are going to be just fine. I think that, you know, they more than anything, they take advantage of having McDaniels and Patricia for one last game. Because that'll be another reason why people will take Philly. They'll say, oh, McDaniels, Patricia, they got one foot out the door. Patricia's going to Detroit. McDaniels is going to Indy. I kind of look at it the opposite. I, I, Look, if there's anything I know about the Patriots is that this group of guys is going to be prepared. And more often than not, they're going to be more prepared than the other guys on the other side. And so that is why I'm going with the experience. I'm going with the group that has been here before. And I'm going with the group that, you know, has basically together, when you factor in Patricia and McDaniels, they're here for one last, one last go at it. That's not to think that Belichick and Brady won't be back. I, I expect them to be back again to the Super Bowl together. But they won't be with McDaniels and Patricia. So um, it really is the last hurrah for this group. And with that, I think they're prepared. And I think they go into Minnesota. And I think they beat the Eagles. And I think they cover the four-point spread. Patriots 27, Eagles 21. My pick for Super Bowl 52, the New England Patriots minus four over the Philadelphia Eagles. Picks, picks presented by Molinari's Pizzeria. Again, the website is molinarispizzeria.com. You need food for your Super Bowl party? Call Molinari's right now and put in the order. The game can't come soon enough. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be back on Monday. I'll react to this game. I'll react to the Super Bowl. Anything else crazy that happens, and we'll go over the prop bets. Don't forget, send me your six prop bets on my Twitter account, at Danny Picard, by Sunday at 3 o'clock. And if you can beat me, you can win a free Picard Club t-shirt. Get this show whenever you want, at DannyPicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Podcast One Network, really anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Enjoy the game. I'll break it all down on Monday. Monday.